Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. a little bit of a Frank Sinatra feel to it, does it not? Oh well. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 188, Washington Turkey Hunt. And I am your host and the guy who is done. I am back home and my turkey season is over for 2018, at least spring of 2018. There may be a fall hunt squeezed in at some point this year. In fact, I might take a little look at traveling up to West Virginia and taking on a fall turkey in West Virginia, but I'm just talking right now. No plans have been made. In fact, I haven't even looked at any of the state regulations or the laws or the season dates or anything like that. I'm just talking like, you know, maybe that idea just popped into my head. Regardless, here we are, 288 days, 16 hours, 51 minutes, and 53 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Like I said, my season is over. I still have to put 2018 to bed by cleaning guns. I've already washed my clothes, but I still need to do a little bit of sewing. 
because I had a little accident on my trip last week and tore a pair of my pants. Nothing too major. It was not like a rolling down the mountain in Georgia accident. It was more like a, oops, there's a piece of barbed wire accident that was brought to my attention by the ripping sound of my pants. (laughs) So I've got to put away some gear, clean and store my calls, etc., etc. You know, for me, my 2018 season ended much like and unlike it started for me. That sounds kind of crazy. But the season ended much like it started for me because it included marking off more states from my list of states that I need to kill turkeys in. And much unlike the start of my season, the end of my season involved killing some turkeys. I'm going to recap the past week of hunting with you guys over the next three weeks, including this week, which is, of course, you probably guessed by the title, all about Washington. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag first thing this week and tell you that Washington was a big success for all four of us on this trip. Remember, this is my annual trip that I do with my buddies from college. There are four of us total that go on this trip every year to a different state or states as we've started doing here lately. And we're all in pursuit of the Super Slam. I know for me personally, and I think the other guys feel the same way, my Super Slam is not complete, even if I kill turkeys in all 49 states, until everyone's Super Slam is complete and they've killed turkeys in all 49 states. This is a group effort and we really kind of started this as a group and we're going to finish it as a group. I may be a little bit ahead of two of the guys being Brian and Chip because of this year, but it really had nothing to do with me wanting to get ahead of them as much as it did I knew that I was not going to have a whole lot of opportunities in my home state of Alabama to kill turkeys. And I needed to kill turkeys in states that are just a two-hour drive away from my home in Birmingham. So why not try to mark some of those states off? Now, like I mentioned, Washington was a big success for all four of us on the trip, ultimately. And obviously, that's the goal of these annual out-of-state trips. But Washington was a real test for all four of us as well because it got us out of our comfort zone and it put us in blinds. Deer hunting for turkeys. Now I can tell you that none of the four of us like to deer hunt for turkeys. And I have just come to the realization over the past week that I believe hell for me, if that's where I end up, and I hope it's not. I believe that hell is going to be a box with no doors, but with windows. And there are going to be wild turkeys everywhere around this box. But I'm not going to be able to leave this box to go chase turkeys. I'm going to have to sit there and watch turkeys and watch turkeys and watch turkeys and listen to them gobble and watch them strut and listen to them drum And I'm not going to be able to get out of this box to go chase turkeys. That would be hell for me. To have to listen and see that for eternity, that'd be terrible for me. Oh, and by the way, I would be a world champion turkey caller as well. But that wouldn't matter because I wouldn't be able to do anything about hearing those turkeys and seeing those turkeys outside of this box. 
So that might kind of tell you what it was like for at least me to sit in a blind in Washington. Now, for those of you who hunt using blinds normally, this may not seem like a big deal. But for the rest of you who run and gun, you know that having your bootlaces tied together while watching seven or eight strutting and gobbling turkeys in a 40-acre ag field, waiting and hoping and praying that they will come your way is sheer torture. Sitting in blinds kills turkeys. I don't think you're going to find anybody who turkey hunts who will tell you that if you put a blind up where turkeys travel through, where they feed, where they roost, or where they water, that you won't see turkeys or get the opportunity to kill turkeys. Sitting in a blind kills turkeys. There's no doubt about it, but it is just not the preferred turkey hunting style of the four of us that were on this trip. Now, we agreed when we signed up to hunt with this outfitter that we would give him some time in a blind. And if we gave him time in a blind and that time was not paying off, that he would give us time running and gunning. So Saturday morning last week, that is where all four of us were found. Two in one blind on one side of about a 40-acre ag field and two in one blind on the other side of that same 40-acre ag field. I was in a blind with my buddy Brian, who you've heard on the show before, and Chip and John were in a blind about six to 800 yards away up on a hill. And at first light, the birds started gobbling, and the hens started yelping, and there were lots of birds. I'm going to guess there were eight, maybe 10 toms and 30 plus hens and jakes all roosted in the same area and they all pitched down either into the ag field or into the woods and then walked into the ag field that we were hunting and the toms strutted and gobbled and the hens proceeded to feed separate and move in the directions that they wanted to go for the morning and of course the toms followed them now Right after flydown, Brian and I had a tom in full strut with about four or five hens come within 40 yards of the blind. A coin toss on Friday afternoon determined that Brian was going to be the shooter first. And as Brian got ready to take a shot at the strutter, two more strutters appeared with more hens about 50 yards behind this one. And they were coming our way. Brian put his gun out of the window of the blind and asked what I thought he should do regarding the one turkey that was in range. Does he shoot the single or does he wait for us to be able to get a double? I told Brian to do what he needs to do. Now, I'm talking to you saying that what Brian needed to do was kill a turkey. What Brian wanted to do was get a double. So Brian waited. In hindsight, I guess I should have told Brian to shoot the single when he got a chance because he didn't shoot. Brian waited as the single strutter showed off while his hens fed for a little while. And as the hens with the single strutter started moving off away from us, Brian asked again what I thought he should do. This time I said, shoot him. I plugged my ears. I watched and waited for a shot as the single strutter turned his rear end towards us, and walked straight away from us, not offering Brian a shot. 
that turkey never came out of strut the whole time that we saw him. About 60 seconds after this happened, it became apparent that the two strutters who were behind this one single strutter were not coming to within shooting range of us. And there we sat for five more hours with no shot fired. Now, I should probably take the blame here for not being more clear about what Brian needed to do. But when on an out-of-state turkey hunting trip, it is extremely important to take advantage of every opportunity that we get to harvest a turkey. We have to hunt with the killer's mind frame and like every day is the last day of season and we have one tag left to fill. For those of you working on your Grand Slam, your World Slam, Royal Slam, and or Super Slam, remember that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are killers and there's everybody else. Don't be everybody else. Over the past six or seven years, I have seen or been a part of too many hunts where one hunting partner waited for an opportunity at a double and had both hunting partners end up with no field tags because the opportunity to double never presented itself. If you're hunting at home, then that's fine. That's usually not a problem unless you're in one of those states where you have a one-week season like Minnesota. And in that case, you know you've got to take advantage of those opportunities when they come. If you're hunting out of state or out of the country, we should take advantage of each and every opportunity we're given. All right, so I don't want to sound too preachy there, but that is a huge learning opportunity or relearning opportunity for all of us. Now, even though Brian nor I got another opportunity that morning, John did feel his tag in Washington from the blind across the field from us. So out of four hunters, we had one bird down, and that wrapped up our Saturday morning hunt. Saturday afternoon, Chip and Joe, who is our guide, went to a different ranch where Chip filled his tag about five minutes after sitting down in his blind, while John went to Idaho and started doing some scouting on some public land for us. Even though Chip did some good Brian and I had nothing going on Saturday afternoon except for two huge flocks of jakes. Now, at this point, Chip and John had already worked on Joe pretty hard Saturday about putting us in blinds the entire trip. And Joe, again, made the comment that if we gave him some time in a blind and it didn't pay off, that he would let us get out and run and gun. Now, considering that while sitting in blinds, three out of four of us had opportunities to shoot turkeys Saturday. I think that Joe's strategy of sitting in a blind was working. He did what he said he would do. If we gave him the time in a blind, he would get us turkeys. I think that even though Brian and I weren't crazy about sitting for 12 or maybe even 14 more hours in a blind on Sunday, we were both willing to give it another chance for a while Sunday morning. Now, Saturday night, I made the decision that for my Sunday morning hunt, I was going to hunt the same ranch with Joe that Chip and Joe killed at Saturday afternoon. And that was upon Chip's recommendation. This ranch is about an hour away from the lodge where we stayed during our hunt. So I went to bed quickly after making that decision because I had to be up at 2.15 in order to meet Joe at 3.30 in the morning in Cheney, Washington. So after meeting Joe at 3.30 in the morning in Cheney, Washington, we made the short drive to the ranch. We hopped in our blind 
and waited. And about 15 minutes later, we heard this. I'm going to say that there were probably three to five toms gobbling and a large group of jakes gobbling at this point. Joe pointed out a couple of trees to me that were out in front of us and said, let the turkeys get within those trees so that we know they're in range. He said those trees are at about 30 yards. So, of course, I made mental note of that. And then Joe whispers to me after the turkeys fly down. I want you to call once or twice, very softly. So I said, okay. And we waited a little bit longer. The turkeys are still gobbling on the roost. Now, they're probably roosted about 125, maybe 150 yards away from us. But Joe has been on that property a lot, turkey hunting, and he knows what those turkeys do. And he said that the turkeys were roosted on the other side of a meadow from where we were. And that the turkeys would fly down, they would mill around in that meadow for a little while, kind of sort out where they were going, what group they were going to be in for the day, so on and so forth. And then they would come in our direction, probably an hour and a half after fly down. Well, we'd been sitting there for about 45 minutes listening to the turkeys gobble. And Joe leans over and he says, okay, call once or twice now and so so literally about Five seconds after I finished calling, three jakes and four hens come running into the area where the blind is set up. One of the jakes has about a four and a half or five inch beard, but there's a hen with them that has probably a six and a half or seven inch beard. And you know that I want to shoot a bearded hen pretty bad and that there were several times while watching that hen that I was tempted to tell Joe that I was going to take a bearded hen, but I held off and I didn't say it. So we're watching these turkeys for a while. In fact, they stayed within 100 yards of the blind for a little over an hour, around an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes. At one point in time, five of the turkeys that were feeding around us went over to a fallen tree and this tree is about three feet off the ground it's just fallen over and it it is not laying on the ground it's about three feet off the ground and three of the turkeys jump up 
on the tree. And they're standing there and they preen themselves a little bit. And next thing you know, they start scratching on the tree. The other two turkeys would get underneath them and start feeding on whatever it was they were scratching. So I don't know if there were grubs or termites or beetles or something inside that tree, but those turkeys were standing on that tree about three feet off the ground, scratching on it, getting whatever was inside out. Then the ones would come in underneath them and start feeding on it, and the turkeys that were standing on the tree would be pecking on the tree as well. And they did that for probably 15 or 20 minutes. That was very interesting to watch. I'd never seen a turkey do something like that before. And to watch them work together to uncover that food source and eat it was something that was pretty cool. Now, while we were watching those turkeys up on that tree, scratching and pecking around, three more jakes came into the setup that we had. And they began to feed. And Joe said to me, let's wait a few more minutes and see if those toms gobble any closer to us. And if they're not any closer, then I want you to call again. I don't care if there's turkeys in front of us or not. It may run them off, but we need to do something because these hens that are in front of us are not making any noise. Probably two or three minutes after he said that, one of the hens that was no more than 10 yards away from us jumps up on a broken pine sapling that is broken off about three feet off the ground and it's leaning over at an angle. And she jumps up on the top of that pine sapling and she's standing there full alert. She's two and a half, three feet off the ground, full alert, head up as high as it can go and she's looking around. And you can tell that she hears something and she is looking for whatever it is that she hears. She is 100% on lookout. And then I hear it. I hear I can hear the spitting of a strutting turkey. And then the turkeys gobble. And they're close. And I can hear All of a sudden, another gobble, and it's closer still, and I can hear chicken, chicken. And I'm going to play the audio for you guys of about the last 10 minutes of the hunt. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I have amplified some of the audio because Joe and I are whispering, but if you're in your vehicle listening to this, it may be a little bit hard to pick up on what we're saying. I don't want to amplify the audio from this hunt so much that you get so much background noise that you're really not even able to listen to it because there's so much background noise. So I'm going to leave it at the volume that it's at. And if you're in your vehicle, you may want to turn the volume up a little bit or I probably would recommend waiting until the vehicle is stopped and you don't have any road noise so that you can hear it a little bit better. You do need to know as you're listening to this that if you turn the volume up too loud, there is some shuffling around and clothing rubbing on the microphone. And I told you when we started this episode that Washington was a huge success for us. So that means that there's a shot being fired in this audio as well. 
listen in to the last 10 minutes of the hunt. I am not shortening this. I'm not cutting anything out. You're getting it pretty much like it happened, except with a little narration along the way. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. At this point, Joe thinks that the turkey that's gobbling is behind us, when in all actuality, the gobbling is coming from in front of us. And in just a second, you'll hear him ask me what direction I heard that gobble come from. I can't slight the guy for his hearing not being great, because Lord knows there's been plenty of times over the past 10 years of my life where I've heard a turkey gobble and have either walked in the wrong direction towards where I thought that turkey was, or pointed in the complete opposite direction of where my hunting partner thought that he heard the turkey gobble, only to find out he was right and I was wrong. What you just heard was Joe laughing because that's when the hen jumped up on that stick, on that broken sapling, and started looking around. And you can hear me say next, she saw something or she hears something. Because it was very apparent that she either saw something or she heard something and was trying to locate where that sound was coming from. It was very cool.
doesn't mean anything. My hearing's not what it used to be. Okay, so at that point in time, I am sitting there looking out of the window of the blind, and I have now twice heard a turkey spitting. And as loud as it sounds, I should be able to see this turkey, but I can't. Joe just said that he was going to look at the turkeys and see which one was bigger and he would tell me so I would know which one to take a shot at.
you can shoot them any time you get the chance. I can't tell which one is bigger. And that's when I dropped the bomb on Joe, but Joe didn't hear me. I still can't see them. I don't think they're going to come any closer. When you get a shot, you should probably take it. I think they're at about 30 yards. Now, I didn't say anything after he said that because I still can't see them. Joe just said that the hens were likely going to take the gobblers off and that I needed to go ahead and shoot one. And that's when I told him again that I still can't see them. And he said, you can't see them? Of course, not that loud. And I said, no. So he grabs my shoulder and pulls me towards him. I look out the center window of the blind and I see two turkeys in full strut at about 30 yards. Now, those two turkeys approached us from straight in front of me. And that blind that we were sitting in has three windows. It has a large window in the center and two smaller windows on either side of the large window. Those turkeys approached the blind between the two windows. When Joe saw them, he told me, do not move. Well, I didn't move. And because I didn't move, I couldn't see the turkeys. It was not until Joe grabbed my shoulder and pulled me towards him that I saw the turkeys. And at that point in time, it was on. So I raised my gun. I leaned to the right to shoot through the window on the right side of the blind. And... Yeah, they came, they came straight, kind of straight on to us. Okay. They came. 
Okay, so what you hear there is one excited guide. I've got to tell you that other than maybe Yerrick, whom we hunted with in Kansas and Oklahoma, I don't know that I have had a guide get as excited about seeing a turkey die as Joe did. Joe had been stressing himself out for the last six months about our coming up there to hunt with him because Joe's a turkey hunter. He loves it. And Joe knows what our goal is. Joe knows that we're turkey hunters. Joe also knows that there were several other outfitters who told us that we were wasting our time coming to Washington to hunt turkeys in late May because they were going to be through gobbling. They were going to be through mating. Joe knows, because Joe is a turkey hunter, that you can kill turkeys in Washington in late May. He's done it. He did it with us. The truth of the matter is, regarding the other outfitters that we contacted about coming up there to hunt with them in late May, they didn't want to hunt us because they wanted their bear clients to come in. Bear season had come in in Washington about mid-May, and they were bear hunting from the time that bear season opened, and they'll be bear hunting until bear season ends. They didn't want to hunt turkey hunters during bear season. Joe knew that, and fortunately, we had an outfitter who was honest with us and told us that while we were shopping around and trying to find a good outfitter in Washington. So we knew it as well. But Joe was fired up, not just because I shot and killed, but while we were sitting in the blind and we were watching all of those turkeys, I got a text message from Brian that had a picture of a dead turkey hanging from a tree branch. Brian killed in Washington about 30 minutes before I killed in Washington. We'd gotten it done two days, four turkeys down in Washington, and Joe was a huge part of that. So my shot my kill was the icing on the cake for Joe. It was a huge relief for him because he had been worried about getting the Alabama boys, as he called us, turkeys. And he did it. All four of us had tagged out in Washington. And that did it. In a day and a half, I know I just said two days, but really it was a day and a half. In a day and a half, we marked Washington off our list and it was time to move on to Idaho. Because John and Chip were first to kill in Washington, and we were all going to hunt public land in Idaho, they moved on to scout and try to find some turkeys and some private land for us to hunt in Idaho. And that's where we'll pick the story up next week. So hey, before I let you go for the week, you know I'm going to ask for a favor. My favor is this. If you would forward and like this week's episode on social media, do that for me on Facebook and do that for me on Twitter. I would be very appreciative. That's a huge help for the show. And if you enjoyed this week's show, then there's a really good chance that the people who are friends with you on Facebook or who follow you on Twitter will also enjoy the show this week. You know that I greatly appreciate you doing that. It's a huge help in spreading the word about the show. And that is it. That is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. 
I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.